Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, host of Deb's Data Dojo. I'm part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today I have Arturo. Arturo is a longtime researcher of UFOs and member of the UFO Twitter community. He was recently in attendance at Rice University's Archives of the Impossible. He is joining me on the dojo to share his impression of the archives and his insights about the phenomenon. Welcome. Hey, how are you? So I had a couple questions from people for you and I kind of want to get to one of them, which is of course, what brought you into the UFO community? Um, I just, I just, I just tweeted this out, I think yesterday on someone's thread, I forgot who it was, but um, for for a long time, I've always uh, uh, had an interest. And one of the reasons being was uh, my uncle's uh, siding in Vietnam. And I was probably like about 14 years old when he told me about it. And um, uh, every time we got together, probably yearly, he would talk about that that same story. I would ask him about it. Nobody else asked him about it. I was the only one. And with that, you know, just like anybody else, I I, I got the old paperbacks from, you know, Chariots of the Gods and and and, and, and different things, TV shows and, and all that. I've always liked anything space. You know, I was a big collector of uh, Marvel comics. Uh, it got lost in a fire. I had probably had a lot of money in those, but, <laughs> but that's kind of uh, what, what brought me into it. And, and especially my uncle's sighting, because it was someone that, that, that I respected, that I loved. And he was telling me something that nobody else really wanted to hear about. It seems like a lot of people either have personal experiences or family experiences that draw them in. Yeah. Um, one of the things, um, you know, from that, that's when I found out uh, through um, one of my family members and uh, one of my good friends, they had, uh, uh, I, I guess you would have to say, uh, a, a kind of an encounter, a face-to-face. And it didn't happen um, in, their, in their bedrooms or anything like that, but uh, out in the street, just out in the street, and um, something that kind of shook them a little bit. And uh, one of them to this day doesn't. Their 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 partner, their their wife, their husband, they do not know to this day about it. Okay, so are you um do you, are you interested in sharing about your uncle's experience and kind of explaining what happened? Yeah, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. He um. He was part of a, of a flying group, helicopters. And uh, my uncle, uh, who has the same name as me, him and I have the same name, the first name. And uh, he, uh, he basically was a pilot along with another uh, Latino pilot. They were airmen and, uh, and an African-American pilot. And they were very rare group because nine out of 10, there was always a, a white officer or a white airman or a white pilot. Um, 
along mixed in. Um, but they were rare. And the encounter happened uh, in 1969 uh, over Taiwan. And it was, they were, they were doing like a supply run and uh, it, they were over a non-combative area at the time. And it was in the daytime and there was nothing going off. And um, this, you know, this uh, basically crescent-shaped, I hate to say that because you hear that everywhere, but it's a crescent-shaped, uh, kind of like a gunmetal color. And it just dropped out of the sky like a yo-yo. That's what he told me. And it kind of just stayed on, you know, uh, the way he would explain it was, you know, like a clock, right? He said it was at its 3 o'clock. It was there for a while. All this lasted in about uh, 15 seconds. So it was like at 3 o'clock and right above them, like at 12. And then it, it just dropped over to 9. And boom, it just rolled. It, it, went, it just darted behind them. And uh, that was the last thing that they, uh, they saw. They didn't report it. Uh, they didn't hear anything from the ground. Uh, I asked them, why didn't you report it? No way. He goes, they would have grounded us. Yeah, that um, is an unfortunate thing that a lot of airmen were trying to avoid, right? Like, they were told, you know, if they reported, they might have a psychological issue. They were told to do psych evals. So, I understand that the stigma was pretty significant and people were avoiding that. Absolutely. And, and, and just them being a minority group, you know, mm -hmm. they, right. they, they wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have thought twice about it, about grounding it. Um, he, uh, you know, he, and, and he was somebody who didn't know anything about UFOs at all. Mm -hmm. Like, in, like anything else. He's like, oh, you know, it's cartoon, whatever. You know, that's, he grew up in a different time, but as far as he knew, it was, it was nothing to it. It's it's interesting how often experiences happen to people who are not thinking about UFOs, right? <laughs> They're just, and then bam, something happens. And I think that sometimes that is um, why it can be so shocking, you know? And I'm kind of hoping to fight that a little bit by preparing people, which is part of why I'm doing the dojo. Um, I think more awareness, you know, can definitely help with some of that shock. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even with everything going, you know, the, the battlefield now, you know, everything is is um, unfortunately everything goes through the military. It's like you know, to say, oh, the data that they have, or or pictures, right? We saw we saw today on that redacted what John, you know, uh, Greenwald got from Black Vault. That I mean, that's just ridiculous. That I couldn't understand that. I was like, yes. really? So it's like it's the same game, and um, um, I, I I don't understand it. But at the same time, the, the it's a different time. There's not like yes. in the eighties and nineties that where if this was happening again, there was nobody you could write to. There was nobody you can call. Now that that's different. You can. Are they hearing it? I'm sure they are. Are they doing something about it? 
that we, we that remains to be seen. Yeah, I don't know what what can they do though, right? What can they do? They even move on. It co collects the information, tries to understand the totality of it all, um, and I think Valet spoke about that at the archives. Also, you try to look, but what what good does it ultimately do? Just looking at that, because we still don't have answers, even with all that information. Even if everyone reports, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean. There, it, you know, it's no, it's no secret what, you know, if Congress was to take something like this on, right? It's no secret what they're up against. Right. I so, feel like, yeah, and they said in the, the bill that they're going to be trying to capture a UAP. Now, everyone's a little unsettled about that because, you know, that's, probably going to be considered an act of warfare, right? Um, yeah. But if they are successful, you know, there's a possibility that they will be able to sort of amp up some dialogue about what's going on, give us a, a little bit more in the way of answers. Um, maybe not the answers we want, but something. Um, assuming that they tell us anything, right? Yeah, I mean, if they, man, I mean, you know, there, there's a whole, there's a whole side, right, of, of, of the UFO community, you know, on the on the Twitter platform and even outside of it, that feel that they, they have something already, right? That it's locked up yes. in a black program somewhere. We've all, we've all heard the, the same stories for years, and then you have. You know, another half is like, nah, they don't have any. And you know, obviously, to me, one of the things I don't, I don't think, to me personally, I don't think we can reverse engineer anything. Well, I think it's true that we are not capable of reverse engineering alien technology at this time because we're not there yet, and I think. Again, Valet alluded to we just don't understand everything. So, you know, we, like we're, this is a huge mystery still. And he's been studying it for a long time. He was like with DARPA. He's been, he was even alluded to in the Close Encounters movie. You know, so he's been on it a lot longer than us. And he's still like, I don't know. You know, he's, he's not into the um, extraterrestrial hypothesis per se. He's definitely more of a trickster hypothesis person, but I think the uh, my personal view is that some people know more. Um, some people in some small group in a black project somewhere, um, they know more. Um, whether or not people like Lou Elizondo or Christopher Mellon who've come out know that extent, I strongly doubt. Um, whether or not most of the intelligence community knows that, I strongly doubt. I think there's some small group that knows more, though. Yeah, that that's uh, like I said, that's that's uh, that's something that's been thought of for decades. And that, that you know, that small cabal, you know, that small cabal. Who are they? You know, some of them have died off, and uh, some of them are. You know, now there's a new regime. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, 
anything that that for me Jacques Vallée says, you know, I I kind of just lay back on that. I really I really trust his judgment. Um, he's just a special person, um, just like Stanton Friedman was. You know, um, he's just somebody that's special, man. I mean, he's eighty something years old and he's still doing his thing. Right, the dedication that they both put into it is considerable. And it's one of the things that fascinates me is how people get hooked, right? They get hooked by the phenomenon. <laughs> like endless, oh, yeah. it's endless addicting. effort. Oh, yeah. It's, it's addicting. I mean, we're, we're all on, 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 a, on a platform where people who have interest in UFOs, you know, paranormal, um, you know, you name it, it's there. And we, we're all there for a reason, whether people are not, you know, there's people out there that don't tweet about UFOs at all, but they like them. They just don't tweet about them every day. You know, me, I tweet about it every day. I use, this is not like my personal Twitter, but little by little, I'm stripping off, you know, and, and being more relaxed about it. Yes, I might comment about my New York Yankees here and there, but uh, I'm kind of strictly just UFOs, you know. And yeah, and it's, um, I think it's okay, uh, absolutely, for people to have anonymity when they need it, to be able to explore this topic. Um, I wish that UFO Twitter was a softer place for people to land when they have an interest. Not always uh, so drama-ridden, so to speak, but I'm not going to go into that, <laughs> you know. But, you know, I think um, it's the, the fun thing also is to see that the community is way larger than people realize or it's people that have interests is significantly larger than people realize. Um, one thing you and I have spoken about briefly in the past is obviously UAPs are international and other countries are significantly involved. Um, our country, you know, kind of had the stigma thing for some time, but if we look for instance at Brazil, they're already talking about doing hearings. They've already um, been disclosing stuff to their public. So they take it in a different way. Yes, uh, I saw that too. And that's a, that's a real big step you know, they've, they've been involved in it for, for years, you know. They've had their own things going on. Just like we say, it's global. It's a global issue. And it's, it's, it's very cool to see it because that, you know, that could be a tipping point. That could be um, uh, the first domino to fall, you know. So uh, I, I wish them luck. I wish them luck. There's a lot of old school researchers down there that, that are that are in their 70s and 80s looking for this thing to pop off for them down there. It's actually really fascinating to go down that avenue of looking at the international organizations um, and seeing how far they've gotten. You know, like another example is there was an organization that actually basically got hired by the Mexican government to help with the case. So I, I mean, I just feel like when people talk about the UFO community, I hope they understand it is way beyond UFO Twitter. 
Like there's so many people involved. Right. I mean, uh, I've told you before, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bilingual. So I actually go in those, um, those OVNI, you know, uh, uh, hashtag threads. And, um, and I've told, I think I've, I've said it before. Um, they're, they're not a hundred percent all the way with the military aspect of the, of the United States on it. Um, and I've talked to some re- some good old researchers down there that are uh, that are that are not buying it, and just because of the fact that if it you know it's 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 become like a USA thing, and they're down there you know like hey man we seeing these things every day, but obviously their government um, is on a different track. They're not worried about UAP or UFO. Yeah, I think uh, Peru is another one that's been pretty vocal. You know, I just, if you look at pretty much any country, there's a group. Um, And I haven't even started going through all of the countries in Africa yet. Like, I think I touched on like two or three, but there's so many countries and I haven't even gotten like all of Europe, you know, all of South America yet, like so many countries. And um, there are groups in all of them that I've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, Africa is real interesting. Uh, actually, at the uh, archives, uh, Stephen Finley, uh, he was there on day three, I believe on day day two. And uh, he actually has a, a book that'll be coming out. I'm not sure if it'll be this year or maybe by the end of the year. Um, I, I, he didn't have a name for it, but I think it has more or less about um, uh, the, the stories coming from the dark continent down there in Africa. Um, there's a lot of history there but a lot of it was oral history and the slave trade destroyed that oral history you know think about it they they you know in those times they they took all the men they took all the dads away everybody who had something to pass down and just separated you know who knows countless of families and oral traditions so that's kind of where it hits a dead wall, I think, for researchers as they go back. Because before that, they, you know, Africa had empires, you know, and uh, we don't know about them too much. We kind of almost like the, the the Greek the the Greek gods. We throw them like a myth. Now, I did I did watch with a panel discussion today where um, one researcher whose name I'm sorry I don't recall was talking about. Is, I don't know if it's, it's the same person, if it was Finley, um, but he was talking about he studies the spiritual aspects of African traditions and so forth. Um, and he was saying also, of course, that includes Egypt. And a lot of people, for some reason, don't get that Egypt is part of Africa, <laughs> like it's on the continent. <laughs> like, and, yeah, so um, if you look at Egypt alone, we have... Uh, the royalty talking about being related to the gods 
wanting to protect their DNA, which of course they didn't know about DNA, but they wanted to protect their bloodline, right? Um, right. They had they had members um, changing the shape of their skulls in a way to like elongate them, um, and they had sky gods, of course. So it's interesting. It makes you go, hmm, and then everyone speculates about the pyramids, but you know, I don't know about that, but I will say it's, it's interesting. Um, that's part of Africa. Um, there's clearly lots and lots of countries in Africa for me to go through. I, I just need like more time because I'm going to find all the groups eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's interesting. Like I said, it's um, just like Europe has in Asia and all that, they have real deep history in this and mm -hmm. and they're a lot older than a lot of us so right. <laughs> you know especially us here so yes. uh, and i think the the gentleman's name that you were talking about i don't think mm -hmm. it was mr finley because mm -hmm. mr finley's panel at the at the archives they yeah. were they were under para para ecology okay and all of them up there were, uh, were trying to figure out how they can fit that in because they didn't know what that meant <laughs> so, uh, but the gentleman that you're speaking about, I think his name is Marcus Red. Okay. And he was very interesting. Yes. Yeah. He was sitting next to um, the person who created the spiritual inclusion group. I remember that. Like, I'm not good at names. I'm not a name person, but I remember the, <laughs> the spiritual inclusion group because that was interesting also. Yes. Uh at the start, I think his name is An Angelo Angelo Lewis. He meditated okay. in the beginning. Is that what you're yes. talking about? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That uh, there was two good meditations on day three. There was also a good meditation. Right. Um, uh, and but I, I I've never done that uh, out in the open like that. But we all did it, and we really felt something. Yeah, I think it's even more profound when you're with other people, which. You know, it's interesting because when people talk about uh, doing like CE5, they talk about doing it in a group. When people talk about doing like magic, they talk about doing it with the group. Like not everyone. There's, of course, <clears throat> single practitioners, but it does make me wonder if like there's a heightened energy when you combine all those people. So I don't know. I think, you know, I have my little... Uh, conscious people that I follow that I love them to death. I mean, they, they drop real cool stuff on me every day, you know, and, uh, and um, I think it definitely has a lot to do with that when people do things in group, there's an energy there. Right. And if you go, and if you go by, you know, my little conspiracy theory, oh, you know, we're more than what we've been told, you know, oh, yeah. not, not saying that we could fly or have magic powers, but you know, we're, I think there's more that connects us than separates us. I have such bizarre theories about everything. It's true. Like, you can't help it. I, I remember when I started, when I started researching, it was very nuts and bolts for me. And I think it only took me, like, two months to start going down the woo path. <laughs> it's like two oh, months. yeah. Yeah. You know... Um, that's always kind of been there for me. I, uh, uh, 
the woo stuff has always like you know because that's that's the weird thing you know it's just okay you got nuts and bolts you know but along with that nuts and bolts there's something going on and for sure whether it's uh like you say you have people you know testimonies of orbs obviously beings uh, light uh, it's a lot of things i mean i like one of my like i told you one of my, my friends he basically saw a light and it was like a he said it was almost like a like a caramel uh, a real light caramel color light and it was just bright as hell and something just you know uh, i guess in his head you know you call it telepathy or whatever just like all a lot of eyewitnesses and testimonies say something uh was summoning him to look that way when he looked that way, that's when he saw what he saw, and he was, uh, uh, it was pretty. Like I said, it was pretty profound for him. It was pretty deep. He wasn't mm -hmm. scared, uh, but you know, it was pretty profound. It's interesting how often the phenomenon says, "Hey, look over here." <laughs> like it, I talked to experiencers. I've interviewed them on the dojo, and um, some of them have been told to come out and look like they get notified when it's time to come look some of them have been also told you know don't take a photo right now or whatever like and it's and i can't say it's being told like a normal communication it's just like an impression a heavy strong impression sometimes yeah since, since i've been on um twitter not just the nuts and bolts, but I, uh, I, I, I take it upon myself to um, to try to listen to a lot of experiencers because that's something that I that I actually never kind of researched. You know, I didn't go talk to anybody. You know, hey, what what happened to you? You know, um, but on on here, um, there's so many that that say that they've experienced something, and you know, I, I take them for their word. Um, I could tell by their other posts and tweets or whatever that uh, they're just regular people. You know, the only thing I always tell them, I say, man, how do you go to work the next day? <laughs> Actually, that, that's something Stuart Davis was talking about. He's part of the experiencer group. He was one of the founders and he also um, has a podcast. And I remember hearing him saying, recently i believe it was on a witness citizen interview about how incredible are these people right how incredible are these people that go through this have to basically live a double life having gone through something no one can really explain to them and then go about their day yes so, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with uh Stuart, uh the angels Angels and Aliens podcast. I think it's um, Artists and Aliens. Artists and Aliens. Artists yeah. and Aliens. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I met, actually, I met uh, his co-host, Jay Christopher King. Yeah. Jay, Jay is really, really a cool, really, really cool person, man. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a pleasure meeting him. Along with others that were there, um, uh, there were some experiences also. Um, uh it's funny because I, I I've met them by their names, but on Twitter they're behind an the avatar, so it's kind of cool to put a face to that person, you know? Right. 
yeah i actually i i think that's one of my favorite things is just to talk to people and give them a chance to tell their story really it's one of my favorite things about being a part of the community um giving them a platform um and and then also i really um like trying to help the community as a whole um however sometimes it feels like <laughs> that effort doesn't always go where i want it to but anywho <laughs> so um let's go back and talk a little bit about um the archives if you could just kind of give us an overarching summary of some of the cool experiences that you had and then maybe we can talk about some of your thoughts on some of the presentations okay um uh for, first of all back in the last time that i went to anything that was i guess something like this was a a conference this wasn't a ufo conference but a lot of people that you would probably see at a conference you saw there and um last time i went to a ufo conference i think it was in uh, it was in philadelphia like i think in 1998 or something like that i think that's actually atlantic city i'm sorry it was across it was it was, it was by the casino and uh that was the second time I have ever been to a conference. I went with a friend of mine who had he didn't care about UFOs. I just he just he just accompanied accompanied me. And that was the last time I ever went to something like that. I've seen stuff online afterwards, you know, throughout the years, like a lot of us, you go and look at different you could see different stuff online, which is pretty cool. But this one, this one was um it was it it felt different, you know, um Je uh, Jeffrey Kuypel is um, and his team. They really put something really good together um, for academia to take a look at later, because they might not have been watching right then and there. But I heard that there was a lot of people watching. But it's just like uh, this right here. You know, you're you're gonna play this later, and you know maybe six people will listen to it. You know, or you know a thousand. Who knows? But what I'm saying is. Uh, there, I'm pretty sure a lot of the academia went back to listen to these things now, now that they've been um, broadcasted on their website. So I think that's really big. And um, I think a lot of the UFO community is kind of like, yeah, really haven't talked about it the way I thought they would. Um, this is this is a pretty important thing because this is going to academia. That That's, you know, one of the targets that you want. You know, and I think, like I said, a lot of people are dead set on the military aspect of this thing. And I am, too. Like I said, I'm addicted to all of it. Uh, but I, 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 I slice up my time, uh, if that makes sense. So, yeah, but, I, 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 before we talk about the amazing, awesome things that happened that you got to experience, including things like who you got to sit next to, which I'm totally jealous of, by the way. Um, I feel like, yeah, let's stop and pause on that for a minute because I've also talked a lot about how there's scientific groups that have been studying this, um, like the, I think it's, um, I'm going to say it wrong. I think it's, um, scientific exploration, um, the society of scientific exploration for decades 
and you go to look at their videos and some of them have only like a hundred views and you're like are you serious like people on there are talking about this topic they're talking about it from the perspective of scientists why are people not paying attention to this so yeah i feel you <laughs> i assure you i don't understand why there's not more excitement about it yeah, I think I think some of the people that are that are seasoned, I guess you could say, at it, um, they're enjoying it. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, but if you have, I think, and and this is not for nothing. Like I say, people who who've taken you know taken the interest in this topic, you know, let's just go back to five years, right? To 2017. That's the number everybody looks at, and. You know, these are the people that are, they'll be called newcomers or, uh, or uh, you know, uh, part of the little cult, uh, the TTSA guys. And, and I think that's unfair because sometime or another, people have to start somewhere. They just happen to come in at, at that time. And they came in at a good time. Because before that, this thing was dead in the water. This topic was, you know, not around. I remember I got it back in. I got back into it like in 2015. Uh, but I left it alone after 9-11. I left it alone and, and I didn't really mess with it anymore. I kept up with little things, read some books, but I wasn't on it like I am now. Okay, so now that we know that you are on it, let's find out some of the cool things that you experienced, um, some of your takeaways from your personal experience with the conference. Um, I, my understanding is you went every day, right? I went every day except for the last day. I went to three days. Um, so, so tell us some cool stories about it. Um, one of them, um, was obviously cool. Um, Jock, Jock Valet, he opened it up and um, he was great. Like I said, he, uh, he was looking at, I guess he knew where those cameras were at and he looked at the camera, he pointed and he says, you guys have to dream. And he was talking to academia, you know, and he, he raised his voice. That was really, really cool when he did that. And that was at the end. And that's when we all started clapping. I was like, I see you. But that was that was cool. And then obviously I've never met that man before. I've read his books and I got to meet him. Um there was a there was a a break at the end um when everybody was going to have a water or cocktails over in uh, in another section that they had for us. And you know, I looked at him, I said, you know, how I had a Dos Equis in my hand and I said, Hey, you know. How come you don't know? <laughs> You've been at this a long time. And he just shrugged his shoulders and he kind of just told me, he's like, he goes, there's nothing. He goes, he goes, we're not going to find this in the file cabinet. You know, we're not going to find this here. We're not going to find this there. You know, um, he goes, he goes at times, he goes, I throw my hands up, but he goes, I can't. And he goes, he goes, but hopefully we get to the bottom of it. Um, obviously, uh, we were sitting, uh, by Diana Posalka and we had just did that live, uh, space with her, I guess a couple of weeks before, 
and that was real cool. And she's man, she is like, um, she is like uh, your friend. You know, if you if you have, I'm sure you have a tight friend that you know that you deal with, and that's how Diana was, man. Diana was not a robot. She's like laid back, just really really cool and and uh, real spirited, and and uh, she was really tripping on the synchronicities because like, wow, we just finished talking, and then we're all sitting here together. I'm like, I know. And, uh, and, and, uh, I had a couple of other people that were sitting, uh, behind me and to the left, a lot, a lot of UFO Twitter, Twitter peeps that are behind avatars. And, um, we were careful with the pictures and the angles and how we took them, you know, me and Matt were the ones taking pictures. We couldn't take pictures with the other folks. So, um, but they knew who we were because I guess they, we showed our faces or whatever, but um, like I said, his, him opening it up, uh, the the panel on the first day was 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 awesome. Um, they had um, Diana, uh, uh, I'm talking about Christopher White, uh, Michael Masters, who uh, uh, I'm working on something uh, with Michael Masters, hopefully for April. Um, to get him to talk about some stuff. So I'm not sure yet, but uh, he was awesome. And if you don't know who Michael Masters he is, he wrote the book, uh, uh, Identified Flying Objects. Yes, he's the one that's um, talking about the future human hypothesis. Um, and actually, you know, a few other people have chimed in on that, including Ross Colthart and Frank Milborn. It's uh, one that some people behind the scenes speculate on, um, but he's one of the few people that has gone to academia with that idea because he has an anthropology background. So I do plan on talking to him in the future, hopefully. He's supposed to be on Calling All Beings. Um, I'm crossing my fingers because my daughter's also supposed to have a concert that night. So <laughs> I'm like, hopefully it's going to work out because... You know, I as I don't know if you um, have looked at the UFO connector, but I support all the hypotheses, and I would like to get more for that one because it's an interesting one to me. So, yeah. Yes, I've I've checked out your connector. You've done a great job on that thing. Um, uh, it's a good spot for people to land on and, and kind of look around. Um, it's it's good. Like I said, we need more stuff, more of that for sure. Um, I know a lot of people like to do uh, transcribing and do a lot of vocal stuff and videos and obviously shows to present their views um, and everything. But, you know, not everybody has time to sit and watch shows. Man. I mean, that's kind of hard to do. Right. I, I'm literally trying to do everything from reading books to talking to people to being on a YouTube show to uh, doing the web page and you know i continue to research it's funny when i work on the connector i'll start with i have a, a whole bunch of links that i add to every day when i'm looking at stuff and then i'll put a link up and then i'm like this is interesting i want to know more about this and i'm researching for an hour <laughs> so so yeah I, i'm trying to do everything it is a lot i think the important thing to remember is that we are trying to reach different groups of people. Um, so 
the the archives were great because they were speaking to academics um they were really they were quoting academics that they all appeared to understand and know about um from textbooks and literature and articles and whatever papers um so they were speaking to academics the uh society that i was talking about earlier for scientific exploration they were trying to teach you know the scientists how to talk about these topics um because they are all scientists that come together to talk about it so i feel like it, it is important that we have all these different things happening so they all serve an important um purpose and kind of work together I know you keep you mentioned the military aspect. I guess Lou's kind of taking care of that aspect for us. He's like our mediator. Some other people from the military have come forward. Um, Day has come forward. Um, I just I can't remember all their names. Uh, the pilot for the Tic Tac, you know, um, Dietrich, you know, so far, so so on and so forth. But yeah, I think it's all important. All important. All of it. So, back to your story about the archive. Sorry, I had to say, I think it's all, it all matters. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. But, um, no, on, um, what you were, and, and what, what was also cool about it is on the panels, um, there was science, you know, uh, professors and scientists on these panels. And one day you had the, the, the group that were, there were was a young group on I think on day three. Um, that group was awesome. Um, they were taking it on. They were speaking about it. You know, not necessarily hiding. They are what uh, um, Diana Posalka was talking about, the visible college, and they're out in the open speaking on this. And the the questions, a lot of the questions were coming from these students who just picked up on this maybe two years ago because they're, you know, they're applying for their PhDs in religious studies to Professor Kripal, who is all in on this, you know? And so they're like, oh, wow, this is fascinating, you know? And that was another thing. Me, that was one of the best parts is actually talking to the students because they were like green. They didn't know, you know, they, they don't know about, you know, nukes being turned off, right? They not necessarily know about the Tic Tac. And so it's, it was kind of cool because they were looking at it like, oh, wow, you know, they, they, they basically were led to read a lot of ballet stuff because they all quoted ballet, right? And uh, even a couple of them quoted John Keel, which was kind of cool too, because, you know, John Keel was hard. He went deep. <laughs> he didn't mess around. He's like, hey, uh, this thing is, he, he's kind of along the lines with valet, right? So, but that was another real interesting part of, of, of the archives. Like I said, talking to the students that were taking an interest in this. And that's where it starts. You know, uh, whatever it is that's going on, like you say, from all different angles, if, 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 if we're going to be, maybe we're the seeds right now. And I think people, we'll, I, yeah. I was going to say, when it comes to graduate students, I wonder how many people would be surprised at the number of dissertations that have been done on this topic, because I run into them, and I do grab those links, and I put them on the connector when I see them, 
um, because there are people in graduate programs who are interested in this topic and use it to try to get their PhDs. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what, what, um, what they were doing, you know, like you say, the dissertation. So that's good. If, wherever you could find them, put them on there because that's, um, like I say, that's just another aspect of everything that's happening. So, um, uh, I guess in the, in the, in the nutshell, like I said, we, we talked about it, about it in the beginning on this thing. Uh, I, I think we might be able to look back on this archives and 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 see it as a as a big moment because when this thing gets talked about openly without these professors having to wait to get tenure because that's the one thing a lot of these folks that had tenure say i wasn't going to talk about it till i got my tenure and that's sad you know that's sad but um, I think the archives can op open up eyes for them. Um, you'll still get people that are not going to buy in, you know, uh, academia that's just not going to buy in on this. They're going to have to be pulled along. Um, but I think this 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 really helped, and I hope a lot of them are really taking a look at this and and, op and looking at it with a with a with fresh eyes, you know, and take it on because that's what that's what they're there for the scientists, the physicists, all of them, astrophysicists, to explore the unknown. I think that's what you know. That's what they're. That's what they're there to do, and to 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 put you know uh, a limit, and not and say, oh no, you know, uh, we're good. This is as far as you go. You can talk about it, but then we're going to stop you right here. That's not mm -hmm. fair. They shouldn't put limits. I think they call it uh, bracketing your, your their beliefs. Yeah, and, and you're right. Uh, a scientist who's not willing to, like Avi has said this, right? A scientist who's not willing to look at something that's a question for humanity that has consistently been a question, um, what are they doing? Like, why are they closing their eyes to something so important, you know? Um, Avi has said, he literally said, I'm willing to put myself on the barbed wire offense for the sake of science. Um, and that's sad. That's sad that he feels like he has to do that. It's sad that we have professors that have to be tenured to feel protected to talk about this. It's sad that reporting was only destigmatized because of the efforts of people like Lou Elizondo and that our government was um, not allowing reports, which is really scary, you know? Um, why would they not want to report when something was flying around our military bases and our ships? It's, I'm glad things are changing. I'm glad we're moving in that direction. And I'm hoping that it'll get progressively better. Um, one thing I can say as a takeaway from the videos I've seen so far about the archives is you could see the amount of respect that people had for each other. So I would hope that the rest of academia is paying attention to that. There's a reason those people have earned respect. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there, everybody that, that was in there was, was in there for good, for good intentions. 
I'm sure there were some feds in the top row in the back, but, uh, you know, that's to be expected by those guys. So, but everybody in there, I mean, we, you know, um, it was, everybody was on pins and needles just listening. Like I said, I was listening to the professors and I was just like, wow, they're, you know, they get it, you know, hopefully they keep at it, you know, and, um, it, 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 there's a shift, there's a shift and, I guess this is what it's all part of, you know, it's a, it's a, we're, we're all connected dots here. Yeah, I have to get like deep with this for a minute. So, of course, you know, in the course of researching this, I've heard about collective consciousness. Um, you know, I've heard about the idea of um our evolution perhaps to be able to start perceiving more than we did before. I've also heard about the possibility that ancient civilizations understood these things and we, for some reason, lost them for a long time. Perhaps for things like what happened in Africa, right? The oral tradition was broken. Um, it's just, it's so interesting to think of it as a collective issue um, something else we've talked about before with it being an international issue. It's just, there's like a profound psychology behind all of that for me, because psychology is one of the things I'm interested in. So I don't know. I just had to stop and mull about that for a minute. I just wanted to think about that for a minute, ruminate on the underpinning issue here. This is something humans are experiencing. Um, it's something that we should have been studying. I don't know why we stopped. I don't know why we stopped understanding it. I don't understand entirely why we started judging it so harshly. Um, you know, it's just, it's interesting, the psychology of it. Yep, for sure, because there, there's a lot of people not on Twitter talking about it. There's a lot of people just talking about it to themselves while they're taking a shower. And, you know, they might be hurting because they don't want to, you know, face it. Of course, you know, what are they, you know, what is, how could, you know, someone, you know, just out of the blue, you know, tell their wife or their husband or their children, this happened to, you know, the stigma's still there. They'll be like, oh God, what happened? What happened to them? Are you, you know, did you smoke something where you're drinking, you know, everything know. pushes them to the edge where you make, you try to make people feel crazy. And that's so wrong. Yeah, even now, like when I go look at um, articles that were written not that long ago about some of the government documents, you run into an article here or there where someone's saying, oh, these pilots must have been drunk. Um, or, oh, haha, tinfoil hats, right? It wasn't that long ago. Um, people are just coming out of that now. And you still see it occasionally from some of the more negative voices that attach themselves to this topic. But, you know, it's, I'm glad we're getting past it now. I'm glad we're moving in a more positive direction because, like you said, there are people who are holding on to this who are not able to talk about it. I will, I will tell you a funny little thing, though. I have twice now talked to people um, that I work with about my interest and both times when I talked to those people they came back with oh 
I know someone who had an experience or I had an experience. So people talk about talking points with this. I think people would be surprised how often if you just ask the question, have you ever had anything weird happen to you or had anything unusual that you can't explain happen? I bet you just about everyone would have something. For sure. I mean, for sure. Um, what what we might, like I said, when you look back at everything and even at the history of this thing, um, there's been books written about, you know, um, you know, angels being something else or ghosts, right? So everybody will say, well, that's paranormal. Like everybody that I've probably talked to, oh yeah, I've seen a ghost. Well, how do you know it was a ghost? Because it's just in our vocabulary. That's what we've been told. It's a ghost. But it might not have been a ghost. And, um, you know, I think where, where I, uh, I, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm not an experiencer. But what I've learned on Twitter from experiencers is, is that maybe I was not aware of what I was dealing with. Because my, my hairs have gone up on my neck. I've seen something on the side of my, you know, my peripheral vision. Um, I've seen like a matrix looking thing. But, you know, I, 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 I guess it's something to me that I thought it was just ghosts, right? So uh, maybe I just wasn't aware. But now that I feel like I'm aware, I feel like I'm immune. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of talk about, can you tell the phenomenon to leave you alone? And apparently that seems to be effective for some people um, to actually negotiate with the phenomenon. You know, so if someone has an excessive number of experiences, they can still negotiate with the phenomenon. I don't know if that works the same for people experiencing what they call poltergeist. Um, they, that that ability to turn off the phenomenon seems to be a little bit more linked to the entities that people talk about. Um, poltergeist, I feel like, is part of the phenomenon in some way, but I'm not sure why that to me seems less controllable. But hmm something to think about however i did want to say and this is a question for you you say you're not an experiencer that you've caught something um but would you say that you've never had anything weird happen like you know diana talks dr Pasolka talks about synchronicities i know a lot of people have a strong sense of deja vu they have dreams that tell them about things that are going to happen, and they do. Have you never had anything like that happen? I would say, to be honest with you, because of everybody that was at the archive, in a lot of the books that I've read, the authors were there. I would say me going to that conference was me being nudged that way. And, you know, maybe that's the phenomenon. Like I said, we, we it's hard to, I think we call it phenomenon because we can't really call it anything else, right? We can't say phenomenon one, two, and three, and four. Uh, so maybe that for me, that's what that was. And I think that's for sure was a synchronicity. And like I said, to sit 
in the row that I was in with a bunch of people's books that I read to my right, and then UFO Twitter people to, to the left and to the back and right next to me. Um, that's a synchronicity. Like, uh, if, if that ain't one, then, then I don't know what is. I think that must have been amazing, you know, for you. You probably felt like you were exactly where you were supposed to be, right? Yes, yes. I, I, I got home and, and and I was over here like a like a little kid with my family. I was like, oh, this, look, this book, that book. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they were excited for me, actually. So it's kind of cool. Um my, yeah. my actually actually my I, I, I think I think they I think they follow me on Twitter, my family, but they got me on mute. Ah. Okay. Well, believe it or not, I have a family member that follows my Facebook page, but they don't really talk to me about it. And the few times that I've broached the subject with my family haven't gone very well. Uh, ironically, I've had better luck talking to my coworkers who are a therapist. <laughs> like I said, they've come back with, "Oh, I've had an experience." <laughs> yeah, I, I I talked I talked to my friends, you know, that I um, that I've made over the years. Not everybody; they a lot of them now they know I have an interest in it. Uh, but there's some that that I I won't bring it up, and I know they won't. And then some. So what's going on? You know, yeah, la, la, la. did you find out that, you know, the mm -hmm. military has anti-gravity and blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of right. fun, you know, when you come across that. Yeah, it's, I think it's great. One thing that I can definitely say about the community is just, just it's great to have some people to talk to about it. Right. I think um, when we're drawn into this topic, it's just we're looking for someone to talk to about it. Um, I think most of my life, I you know, my interests were not in UFOs, but in other paranormal things. And there really wasn't like someone to go talk to about any of that. So I really appreciate <laughs> that there's people now, you know, that that's what makes it a community and not just a social media platform. You know, it's a real community. People have someone to talk to. Not always in an agreeable way, though, unfortunately. Not everyone is agreeing, but we're allowed to have different opinions, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, over the last few days or the last weekend, you know, you know, there's things that happen in the community every now and then. Um, sometimes it's, it's worse than others, and this one feels like it's just really ugly, you know? But... Um, there's people on here that have been here a long time and, you know, they're actually friends. They might not have known each other in real life. Maybe some have, some haven't, but they're actually friends. So you have kind of a, a, a different uh, vibe in, in, in what I would say that part of the community. I know a lot of those guys. I follow a lot of them. You know, they're my mutuals, you know, so it's like um, it, it's a. Uh, I don't know them like that, that I could say, oh, those are my friends, you know. I have met people here that, you know, we engage every day. And, you know, they tell me good morning. Uh, they say hi. And, 
and it's almost like you know your your uh, your your neighbor that you see all the time. Hey, what's going on? All right, yeah, I got to go to work. Me too. See you. And so, uh, and I think a lot of those guys and and and, and girls, they uh, they they they're friends. And same on the other side, they're gonna they're friends too. There's a lot of people, and obviously there's people that have just come into into this, and um, you don't really know their backgrounds. They're behind avatars. They're, or they might have a face, but they don't have a name. And they're just they're 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 here now. And I think as a community, we have to realize that that's always going to happen. You know, um, if you just stay focused, you're not going to worry about what other people are doing. I think in the yeah. end, they're like you know one of the things I, I like to I, I'll use this analogy. And I, and I don't mean to call these guys out, but there's a, a YouTube channel, one of the largest UFO YouTube channels. It's called Security. And I think, you have, I think we all have to look at it like this. We're lucky. As big as they are, bigger than anybody on, on, on UFO Twitter was a podcast. As big as they are, we're very lucky. And somebody is seeing things the right way, that they have not been approached by Congress, that they have not been approached by anybody. That would be the worst thing. And and that's not knocking those guys. I know they're making money. You know, they have a huge channel. You've seen it, right? Uh, secure team. It sounds familiar, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, they have a blended, uh, probably got real UFO pictures in, and videos in there. Uh, but a lot of CGI stuff, a lot of uh, just some 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 strange stuff, and it's mixed in, and I think it hurts the credibility. Uh, but hey, you know what? I, I think that's good that there is no uh, officials reaching out to them for data, is what I'm saying. And uh, I don't mean to sound so harsh, but I've just seen those guys from a long time. I've I've been watching those guys from way back. But I no longer pay attention to them because I, I I realized that many years ago, I'm like wow, these guys ain't doing anything. Yeah, I think one thing I realized is even though I enjoy talking to people myself, um, I cannot get too caught up in the UFOtainment part. You know, like if it's not a documentary, I have a hard time. Like even with the documentaries. I put some grains of salt in what's being said. Um, and actually, I remember reading, I think it was mentioned in American Cosmic, about someone's story was put in MUFON, and then MUFON gave it to a documentary, and they changed the story. Um, so when you, when you even hear that from behind the scenes, Watching those things makes it a little harder. So, yeah, I mean, I get Lou's stance on give me data for Congress, right? It's basically what he says. We cannot use UFOtainment. We cannot use the documents, um, or I should say documentaries, apologies, documentaries um, that are coming out because some of them are not 100% factual. Right, right. Uh there's always going to be conjecture and speculation. 
in the documentaries. And, and for the record, I know uh, a lot of these uh, old organizations that have been around, um, they're going through, they're evolving too. And I think I, I, I actually follow some MUFON uh, investigators and uh, depending, you know, who you hear, you have some that have strong and bad feelings towards MUFON. But then, you know, when you look at it, there's actually good people there. And the old, uh, I guess, the old hierarchy that they used to have there is really no longer there. It's a, it's, it's a different team, I guess you could say. So, you know, um, they're, 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 MUFON will always be there. I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, I think uh, the general public, when they think about who they could report it to, they're probably called MUFON. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the general public is as educated as people would like. Actually, one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of really small groups statewide um, that ask for reports. So sometimes I feel like we need to educate people about that a little better. I definitely have a section on the connector that's just about reporting um, and I look for, you know, the more reliable places to go. Um, MUFON, I know, how requires investigators to understand some astronomy. They have them do tests. Um, they teach them different aspects of um, investigation. Um, you, you can't just walk in and be a MUFON investigator without some rigorous training, but um, my concern and the prior comment about the documentary was not so much about MUFON, but what happens sometimes with their reports and their reports when they get handed over to an entertainment industry may not uh, be portrayed as originally reported. <laughs> so, Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, 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 you know, when, like you say about education, on this, it's unfortunate that um, they they wind up sneaking in, not sneaking in, but to maybe some people say, "Oh, you got snuck in the in the NDAA, uh, uh, a UFO office to investigate UFOs," and yet there is no website, no nothing for the general public to say, hey, why do we have a UFO office? You know, it's just in there, it's their tax money. But this is where it comes to the, the to where, you know, where people are just so out of tune in things. And just because of the vibrations we are all at right now, I, uh, people are, you know, they're, they're not worried about that. And we're worried about it in our, in our little, in our little sector here. But um, all we could do is, uh, do what we do, post and tweet and, and retweet things out to, uh, to media and everybody, you know, and you never know who will retweet it. You know, you might get somebody, uh, you know, who has a million views and they retweet it back to MSNBC or Fox or whoever. Right. So that's all you can do. Yeah. I feel like, um, I'm not a big fan of Fox, but I know Tucker Carlson has taken this under his wing a little bit. <laughs> but but I will say that um, there are some people I've noticed occasionally asking questions from the community um, or 
mentioning something like, why are we not talking about this? And you find out that that person who's tweeted that is connected to the media. So I think the media is slowly going to get there. I do think now that the AIOMSG, I successfully said it, hooray, um, <laughs> is going to end up having more information for the public now that they have a budget. However, of course, it's a military-based office, so we're going to have about as much information from them as we do for anything that's military-based. Um, although I do, I do think in my research, I've been surprised a few times about how much you can find out about the military. Uh, surprised because it's so public. But we'll see. We'll see how it evolves. That's like a whole other evolving story yeah i mean um i saw a, a tweet today about the, the pages that came out today all the the redacted stuff and uh, i saw someone post on there and this person is uh from with the news media i forgot who it is oh no i didn't forget i'm just not going to mention that person but they said that everything that was redacted was the names of the people telling stories and I, on the other hand, I was like, are you really looking at it that way? Everything that I looked, it seems like a lot of stuff that's redacted. Yeah, there's names redacted, but there's what uh, what they call censors, sources, and methods. And it says, as seen on, that doesn't going to say as seen on uh, uh, Alex Dietrich. It's going to say as seen on censor such and such. That's what was redacted. And that's what should be redacted. I don't want to hear. I don't want to know about the sensors. I don't want to know about, hey, look at the satellite, because that's theirs. But if you're going to be open about it, obviously, a lot of that data is on those things. And that's what was redacted a lot today. It's not people's stories. Some people are here to flip it, man. And it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, I will say that I noticed the section on shapes was redacted and someone made the point that that was probably redacted so that our foreign um i don't want to say enemies but uh people who don't like us might be a better term for it the people who don't like us don't see the shapes that are connected to uaps and therefore assume uh when they see a UAP that it's us or vice versa. I think it has something to do with protecting the shapes that we might have uh, from foreign adversaries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, 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 it's hard to tell, but when it, it seems like it seemed like it was two different areas of shapes. And I'm wondering if one of them was the real shapes that have been seen. And then the other one was our stuff. You know, because if we have something, obviously, that's uh, that's like a triangle and not necessarily anti-gravity or the TRB. But what if we have a reconnaissance vehicle that's a triangle and, you know, it, you know, in other people's eyes, it might look like a pyramid and it might not. But that's true. You don't want to show everything that we have because maybe they're seeing those things over Europe right now. Yeah. I know. I'll just say it now that 
you know, if they want to hide it on that document, they might want to also hide it on some of the public documents that they put out because the triangle shape is very visible on a U.S. Air Force plan for next-gen aircraft. <laughs> That's clearly a triangle. <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know. I yeah, I've seen that too. I know. It's like, come on. Like, we know you have a triangle. Why, who are you fooling? Everyone knows there's a triangle. We, all of our um, Delta-shaped aircraft kind of tips us towards that, too. But, yeah, I mean, we've had other craft that we wanted to keep secret. I don't think the UFO community's ever been about hurting national security. I don't even think the UFO community cares about this, the sensors or uh, satellites, just like you said. What we care about is, I think, ultimately, can you be honest about how often this is happening to us? Because we're part of us, right? It's not just the military. They're not just coming to you guys. Can you be honest about what they're doing with us? Can you be honest about who they are? Can you be honest about the evidence so that people don't continue to stigmatize? Because even now... You know, obviously, some people are like, poof. <laughs> you know, I was watching Big Quest a little bit earlier because he came on UCR talking about uh, the gimbal and the rotation thing. And I'm like, so all of this is just about whether or not this UAP is rotating? Like, I, I don't get it. So, like, it would be helpful if the government was just honest and said, by the way, it was rotating. You know, I just, uh, whatever. So, yeah, I think we're at a place where it's not about disclosure, per se. I think it's about transparency now and honesty. Yes, for sure. Um, I, I, I always say, I think, if anything, uh <sighs> I think we're in a generation where, where, where maybe you get, you know, we get acknowledgement in as much as probably people don't want to hear the rest. And I, I think that's all we get. Depending on your age, maybe you see something else, but I'll, basing myself on my age, I figure that, uh, that maybe we get acknowledgement that, that there is a there there. Well, I will say that that's something that, Dr. Pasolka alluded to in that talk space that there's going to be some people who have been working on this for a long time. And if you think they're going to rest on their laurels and let other people get credit when they've been working on this for probably decades, you're wrong. They're going to come out, they're going to provide information, and they're not going to let the narrative be taken over just because there is an a oh i can't say it right again a i o m s g there we go i think i got it <laughs> i like to call them the amigos i make it easier so all the same oh. words just flipped around the amigos okay. that's great that's great i didn't think of that one i did i laughed a little because ross colthart uh in his podcast uh need to know they were making a joke about what it is i think it was something like impossible to say acronym or something acronym impossible to say or whatever they like changed it around too what i i liked what um 
Whitney's citizen said when he called it the MSG because I like Chinese food. So for me, like that's the, the thing that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Right. I just, yeah, MSG office. Ah, <laughs> uh, they did they did that to trip people up, and like they can't. I loved Astro. Oh, so sad about that being taken away. Well, um, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a baseball fan, so um, I understand that uh, um, Gillibrand. <laughs> She's from New York, and she is a New York Yankee fan. And when somebody must have told her and says, you cannot be or have anything to do anything with what's called Astro, which here. Oh, your, your, your volume went out. And that maybe it could be the reason for the name yeah, your your volume went out for a minute. I'm like, oh man, the NSA is going at us now. Yeah, man, they suck, man. They they're trying to stop me. I know. Actually, I've, I have heard stories. It's not as funny as we might think. So, I think yeah, for sure. There's there's people online, you know, for sure watching. Right. Um. If it's a if it's a case study, it's a good case study. Right. You get a vibe, you know, and I'm sure uh, there's people out there and look at, and they'll see somebody's tweet and be like, "Oh wow, he he's on the money or she's on the money on that one." Yeah. and they're probably laughing, you know, back at the back at the at the NSA bunker. Yeah, if anyone from the government is listening and wants to offer me a job, I'd be happy to help with the UAP topic. Just saying. I know, right? <laughs> I I think most of the community would be like, you want us to help? Okay, let's do it. You know, like, I think that's just how it is. And the dedication that they would get. Oh, you know, I don't know if they need my skill set, though. So, but that's, that's the only thing. I'm not a scientist. I'm not uh, a technician. So, whatever. Right. <laughs> so, obviously, um, we're running a little long in the interview, which is uh, because there's just so much to talk about. And I have a really important question I have to ask before we finish up. Um, I put out to a group like if anyone had a question for you and this really important question popped up it was what is your favorite sandwich oh wow okay yeah you, you My, did that to yourself by the way for those listening yeah. he he's the one who put that question there yeah my my favorite sandwich is a reuben all day long Okay. Well, you've just completely confirmed that you're a New Yorker. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I live here in Houston, Texas, and and the barbecue's okay, but give me a Reuben sandwich any day. Yeah, you, you know, with the the Astro, the Yankees, the Reuben, you've been in New York, man. <laughs> uh, I look. I hope to get back there soon. Uh, the, the, the last we usually go back every couple of years and obviously the last few years have been crap so hopefully uh, uh we're trying to make it for christmas 
Okay. Well, yeah, I've, I've been to New York. Christmas is a great time to go. I definitely get that Christmas feeling when they got all the trees lit up. Uh, people know about the one near the ice rink, but there are a lot of other trees that get decorated. Uh, so I, I, would, I would be jealous if you got to go around Christmas because I haven't been there since I was a kid for, for Christmas. But um, it's a special place. It, it definitely is. It's definitely a very unique place. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm glad I was born there uh, because it has a lot to do with how I am now. Uh, I was around so many diverse people there. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people, I say, uh, look at your, kin wherever you live, you know, look at your kindergarten picture. You know, if, if you have three races or four races on that picture, uh, you were very diverse. You look at my kindergarten picture, we got the mm -hmm. whole United Nations in there. And yeah, that's New York City for you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that a little bit about where I used to live. It was not even just about race. It was about countries. You know, there are people from all these different countries. I, li I used to live near Washington, D.C. Uh, now where I am, it's pretty different. So... <laughs> I'll tell you when we're not recording, <laughs> but it's different. Not like that. Um, but anywho, I wanted to thank you for coming and talking to me about the archives of the impossible um, and your own point of view on some of these issues. Um, hopefully we will chat again on the dojo so other people can get more of your insight since you have a lot to offer the community um so can you please let people know where they can find you yep i'm right there arturo aj the great okay uh, i'll be there today tomorrow uh until we get disclosure okay. well you know after we get disclosure we're still going to need you because we're going to all have to work together to help the other people get filled in <laughs> For sure, yes. We uh, we'll we'll need a lot of people uh, to lift people off the ground and, and close their mouths. <laughs> right. Yes. Lift the jaw. No, this, I agree. Hey, this this was great, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm I'm sure you guys will clean it up and uh, catch some of my rambling. And it hits the edit floor. I'm fine with it. Oh no, man! It's coming out the way it is. I just had music. <laughs> oh, cool. cool. That's it. There you go. I keep right. it real. I call it a All chat. Right. <laughs> like, <we're... laughs> okay, so I wanted to say thank you and to my listeners. Goodbye, good day, good morning, um, whatever time period you're in, to future humans and so forth. Um, I wanted to let you know that you can find me at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram or through the ufoconnector.com and i'm also on the calling all beings show on youtube take care everybody all right bye